Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition, episode five of the Non-Generic Sports Podcast. As always, I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Lucas Poiser. Lucas, how are we doing, Sam, my friend? Doing well, doing well. It's a nice Sunday night, so I think a nice way to ease into the week, talk to these very nice gentlemen, learn some more about what they're working on. We're super excited about this episode, as always, Cam. It's great to be here. Excellent, excellent. So let's let's start off by introducing our two guests today. So let's first start off by talking about mental health. It's been a big topic on our on our podcast and in our radio show. And which is why we're super excited to have two of our very talented M Sports writers on for this week's episode. So we're starting off with Jose Rios. Jose is a senior journalism major and a member of the men's soccer team. He is in the features and columns editor at M Sports. Jose, can we get yep. a mic check? How are you guys? I'm doing well. Have pleasure to have you on, my friend. We also have my sweet mate Matthew Tucker is here, uh, or as we know him, Tucker Tuck, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he is a sophomore sports comm major and journalism minor. He's written about a variety of sports topics for M Sports, including pieces on the women's soccer team and softball team, as well as this piece on athletes and mental health that we'll be discussing today. We're excited to talk about that. Also, just heard that Tucker picked up a new job covering the women's softball team as the beat writer for M Sports for this abbreviated spring season. So, Jose and Tucker, thank you both for joining us tonight. Excellent, excellent. So glad to have you both on, and what a key discussion we're about to have tonight on mental health. I'm wondering if we could start off by getting a little bit of a synopsis of both of your pieces. So maybe we can start with Jose, and then we can go to Tucker. So Jose, what was your piece written about? Because we because we kind of have a little background on Tucker's piece and stuff like that given from Ethan, but I haven't heard about your mental health piece yet. Yeah, I mean, originally what we were trying to do was, with Tucker's, we were going to write about uh, there was a mental health, like mental health awareness workshop, something like that that ran, that was being run by ECAPS. And when we realized we could actually expand on the story, I, like me and Ethan talked about, it and we decided that I was going to write a column about my own experience in Emerson as an Emerson student athlete, like with mental health, how it has changed, what is like, how it, it has changed and how it has developed with Emerson and what Emerson is good at, bad at. And basically, just my own perspective on it. And I think I go, I mean, what it's trying to do is, I mean, there's a lot in it that doesn't necessarily happen because of Emerson. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of, like, exterior stuff that goes into, like, the mental health of a student athlete. You have school. You have sports. And, you know, when you're maybe playing D1 or something like that, it's mainly going to be sports because you're trying to get into the draft. You're trying to go pro. You're there on a scholarship as well, so that's what matters here. Like you're having to balance not getting any of those benefits while at the same time like putting all the work that you are putting. Because at the end of the day, you're there just to like kick a ball every two hours and then not care about the sport and just play like pick up or play clubs something like that. And it's something that the coaches do try to like make you understand. Like you made the commitment and you're being serious about it, but at the same time, it's balancing like your own social life balancing with school. So that's something I was trying to talk about in my own piece is all of those issues that you're balancing while at the same time, as somebody who has dealt with mental health issues, like 
trying to find like time to get some help or maybe just like talk to somebody. And I think one of the things that I mentioned in it is a, that Emerson, I think is a good place enough that you can talk about those things and like feel comfortable, like opening up to friends and like sweet mates. And that was a very, something that I, even in high school, I didn't have, like even there was a little bit, it wasn't that it was like, look weirdly upon. It was just like, it's not a topic you talk about and here in Emerson, it's much easier. And also I talked about this is, um, the Emerson men's soccer team introduced a sports psychologist. And there's another piece that I wrote earlier in, I think it's last semester about that sports psychologist, her, like just her and how that is actually something I think like every single team here and like, not just here, like in general should have, because like, even if it's just stuff that's sports really completely like, Oh, how are you feeling on the field or training stuff like that? Having somebody who is like watching you and helping you throughout those steps. I think is something that is essential. And I think that's basically what my piece is like the whole narrative of the piece starts. Like this are the issues. This is what I think Emerson is doing well and just conclude with, but the best thing is the fact that the Emerson men's team brought that brought sports psychologist, somebody who can be step-by-step with you. And I think what I'm trying to leave behind is, yeah, we need that, but not just like a one-off thing. It's consistent every year for every single team. But yeah. That's great. That's great. Tucker, I'm wondering if you can go delve into your piece because like Jose said, it's a mental health workshop with ECAPS. And I was wondering if you could delve into your piece a little more. Yeah. So for my piece, I mean, it, it did originally start out as that, but then uh, all the editors, Jose, Grace, Ethan, they all got together and came up with this new idea to sort of expand it. So I was able to talk to a bunch of awesome athletes who were able to sort of just sort of give me an idea of what they've gone through, like not even just in college beforehand as well. And so it's sort of, it's sort of reads is like, I would say we sort of talk about like the normal difficulties that come with it. And then as sort of the paper goes on, we talk about then how the pandemic especially has affected it. And like one of the best things about it though, is that all of them, I've, like all the ones I talked to, all the people I talked to, they, they were all able to find different ways to cope with it. And I think that's the good part. Like the thing I like about this essay the most or this article piece the most is the fact that there is, I don't want to say like a happy ending, but there's this sort of, there's a good feel to it because it really shows, I mean, a lot of people think like, okay, I have mental health, like they can't do anything with it, but this sort of shows like there are even just things you can do yourself that can really help you out. Like I'll just give away one of the things, like when I was talking to a, a men's soccer player, uh, Connor Dang, he talked about how for him when he first started um when he during the pandemic at first he started to do meditation every night and that really helped him um sort of cope with what was going on and everything and just be able to sort of clear his mind because there was so much sort of chaos in the air and so i think this piece sort of gives a good insight into what happens and also and really it also helps to enforce that athletes are people just like everybody else and it and then but then it also shows how um just the perseverance they have and how, especially during the pandemic, they've been coming up with new ways just sort of help themselves out because, I mean, without a sport, I mean, there's a lot, there's a big change. So a lot of them were able to find different ways to help them through it and still sort of keep in shape for their next season, which was nice. Now, Jose, I wanted to ask you a question because you coming at this with a unique perspective, being a student athlete and I was, and, and also being a senior, um, so I was wondering if you could take me through how you were able to balance 
all of the aspects that you just talked about and how sort of that journey happened from your freshman year. I'm sure it might have been difficult towards the beginning of your freshman year now being a senior. Could you just take us through a little bit about that journey? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I mean, it's interesting. When I got here, honestly, like I wanted to play. Like it was a very weird uh, process in which how I got here. I completely forgot to get in touch with the coaches and then I got an email from the assistant coach at the time like hey do you want to come and play I was like sure I actually do and I completely forgot to do this like months ago but I get here and I like I'll be honest I was like came here with the mentality like I'm here my first year is just to learn learn the ropes not get too stressed about it I was I already had like mental health issues stuff like that but it wasn't like too bad it wasn't something that was like getting in the way of like day-to-day life so I just approached it and I think I got to play like 11 or 12 minutes in one single game. Our starting goalkeeper, like he was the captain. And like as a goalkeeper, there's only one person playing. And I was like out of practice, out of shape. I was like, it wasn't the best position, but in like, like my mindset was I'm here to learn. I'm here to like get a feel of things. And then like we work on from there. And there's a lot. Like I did, I did learn a lot. I, it wasn't just like understanding how like, I mean, obviously, coming from not only, like, from high school, but coming from Mexico, it's very different how it's played. Like, the sport is played here as it is, like, back home. For me, it's a little bit simpler, but still, it was adapting to that and just learning the ropes from that, um, from the goalkeeper who's the captain. His name's Lucas Fisher. And his, I learned, like, dedication, like, the commitment. This guy was working out before every single practice session. I started going with him, like, well, at the same time, not literally with him, but at the same time. And just like copying some of those stuff, some of those things. And then, uh, sophomore year, that was probably the roughest one I've had. It was, I get there with the idea, you know, I put all this work over the summer. I like, it's probably in the best shape of my life. I'm like practicing. Basically, I went back to my high school and I was practicing with them like every day. Like I was just didn't sneak in, but I had to like find a way to get inside the high school, talk to the coaches or like, you can just practice as much as you can. And I get there and I just didn't get any single like minutes on the field that season. And it was, it was rough because I, and I think this happens to a lot of athletes. It's, it's so result driven and it's like, we're in a season that's like 17 games, like maximum. And it's, you either win or you lose. And there's like no middle ground. Like there's nothing, like no time at all to like take a break, think, oh, we can change this, change that. So it has like, it's quick. It's two months and it's over. And yeah, I mean, at one point I was like, confidence-wise, I was absolutely distraught. I'm like, I've put all this effort and I feel like it's not being rewarded. And I think that is the wrong mentality as well. And I think that's something that like all, it can happen to a lot of athletes to think like, I put all this effort and I think I am the best player and I'm the best in the position. But in a team sport, you have to like be willing to understand other people like, might convince in a certain area or there's certain things that the coach is seeing that you might not agree with and you might not think it's working but you have to understand just accept how it is and like if you see maybe you're missing one thing that somebody else has okay work on that so yeah it was a rough sophomore year and at one point I was I mean I was talking to my parents all the time I was like I don't know like I was like I don't want to quit because one I made the commitment to the team two I love this sport too much to actually like even think about like not going a week without playing, which during the pandemic has been, 
extremely tough because uh, one of the things I can't do is just go outside and play when like we don't have training sessions and stuff like that. But and no, it was it was tough. But you know, at the end, it was one. I this, this is something that I vividly remember. I felt like people weren't putting the effort, like staying after practice or going to lift like as much as I wanted them to do just because I'm like, that's how I feel like we would improve. I remember one of the players, Rykeeler, he stayed, we stayed like 30 minutes one night, just like doing the same shot over and over just to make sure he was like working on it and getting better. And we did that for 30 minutes. And the next day he's like early in the morning, like at the gym, I saw him there. And I'm like, okay, so there are people who are taking on this responsibility and do want to succeed. So, and I think that's like one of the things that, I like in terms of mental health we don't talk that much sometimes and it's not as brought up but seeing other people like doing the work and like not necessarily just in sports but if you're feeling like there's certain things that need to be done for all of us to improve like be it on the team or in class or whatever and you see people start to put that work in it is rewarding to a certain extent and then my junior year I completely came in with I'm here to help the team I need, like, I want to help the same beat on the bench, beat on the field. I, like, I don't care what I have to do. I'm here to help. And at the end of the day, I did get to play one, like, the other goalkeeper got a concussion. I stepped in, did my job. It was tough games, but I think that was the mentality I came in. And then I went to, like, after junior year, I take a, I went one semester to Europe right before we got sent back. And from there, like, even during the pandemic, it has switched I like I know the possibility. The chances of me playing like one final game now seem a little bit higher with uh, spring sports coming back and everything. But yeah, I think that's something we have to learn: is adaptability. I I was distraught that I wouldn't have a final season, but I immediately thought like my job now is to help the team. My job now is to like help everybody stay on track. Like if they can't practice, like make sure you're lifting. Just try and foster like that team spirit and like that sense of security with your team it's that I wanted to have since freshman year and I didn't really have until later on I was like if that's the like least I can do and if I can like instill like that sense of commitment or that sense of like camaraderie like I'm here to do that and that's what I want to do and I'm seeing it now and like even if I don't have a season just seeing that is more rewarding than I like than any like win could have been because I know we're like in a better position and that's a very, like, personal and individual, like, take. There's a lot of people who wish, like, oh, I just wish I would have played. Like, this four years and we're gone. Like, we don't need to leave a legacy behind. But for me, it's been adaptability more than anything is what helps your mental health. Because if you're, like, stuck in one single mindset, you're never going to get out of it if, like, you're getting stressed. So you need to have that adaptability, which through the past four years, I've learned, like, firsthand, learned how, how to do it. Yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. Tucker, I'm wondering if what Jose just said was the consensus of basically what what all athletes were feeling. I was wondering if you could go into what you gathered from your piece from your piece and from what you gathered from other athletes around other sports. Well, speaking just for seniors, what Jose said was sort of what was a lot what the other seniors were telling me as well. Like I interviewed both uh, Grace Tepper and uh, Sam Wellinger. Willinger and both of them basically were like to me basically just straight up it sucks that we can't have a season but they understood that their job was more than just in game like they have to cultivate this environment for future um for their future like younger players especially because 
for uh, I think it was Grace was talking to me a lot about, especially for freshmen, it's really hard to integrate them this year, unfortunately, because there was there was no games. There was just practice. So, I mean, they didn't have the same experience going in as every as I mean, all the other grades did. So really just building this team chemistry, I say for the next year is the biggest thing. And as Jose was saying, I mean, since it's like sports are back on, like hopefully maybe these seniors, like these seniors can get one more game in just to at least give them a final goodbye. I think they completely deserve that. Cause I, th- cause really just talking with both of them. I mean, I was just blown away by really the commitment they put into the team and especially being the senior captains. Like I think both of them said, this is probably the last time they're ever going to play competitively. I mean, they're losing their last chance, but they still have to go in there every day with this positive as attitude. And to me, I found that really compelling. Just the fact that even though basically, you know what, I mean, just everything went downhill unfortunately for them, but you know what? They understood it. They took it with a, uh, took it with a grain of salt and they were just able to, they were able to work through it. I mean, I mean, they were going through their own stuff as well, but they were able still to bring this. I think this just, great community, this sort of family bond to the teams, which I think is most important, especially during these times. So I think the fact that they were still able to do that with <clears throat> everything that sort of unfortunately sort of went wrong with their seasons, to me, I I thought that was amazing to see. Just just the effort and impact they wanted to instill in the younger team. And I want to just quickly tie into this. I know it's not the same, but like I know for me, playing sports has been an escape for me in high school. I played soccer in high school. And I play pickup basketball with Lucas and Tucker and a bunch of other guys. And it really is just an escape from the everyday, everyday world and stuff like that. And as sports communication majors, and I'm pretty sure Jose has gone over this as a journalism major as well, like the impact of sports on people and the impact of playing the game that they love and also watching it. And like the fact that we have professional sports back and even Emerson sports back where we can play in some capacity is just phenomenal. And it's really great. And we had some great pieces come out, some reaction pieces. But anyways, um, Jose, um, another question to you. Um, you said you had a sports psychologist at your disposal. What was that like? And how has that helped you navigate sports during the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, it was, they tried, I think, for, they tried two times before. And there's the first guy they brought, he, like, he obviously knew. These, uh, it's basically people that are, thinking, I think it's their, like, they're, like grad school in BU and they have like a two year program, something like that. So they go to different programs around Boston. Uh, the first two, like, I mean, the first one knew what he was doing. He was just not given enough time. So there was like no progress there. Then the second time it was, I mean, honestly, I think you can ask anybody on the team. It was a full on disaster. Like nothing came out of it, but who they brought like in my junior year, her name is Emily Brownwell. And she was like I remember the first meeting I had with her is when I was concussed. I had a concussion like early October, and I came to her like we were just having like five minute one on ones, and I told her like there's like I know a lot of the things that you know stress me out. I know a lot of these things, but if I can just have like somebody like there to talk to just to make sure I can like go over stuff, like that will work. But you know, at first I didn't make any one on one appointments after that, and then I just decided. I'll give it a shot. And honestly, just having that one time a week, she was obviously there during games and like during practices if you needed to talk or anything, but just having, we had like one-on-ones every week and we talked, just go over the week, go over practice, go over the next game and be it like, I don't know, just 
because I know she also worked with Connor, and I mean, one of the like there was Connor was going through like physical rehab, and she even managed to give him like help, like there was a breathing exercise and stuff like that that helped with like injuries and stuff like that. So besides like the mental spot, like aspect of it, having somebody to help you even with things that you didn't know you needed help is extremely beneficial. But you know, going with her, I would just go over the week. What stressed me out? Regard it was mostly regarding the sport, and that makes sense because in season takes uh like 80 percent of your time to be fair but it's just having somebody to talk to and not only that but somebody who can like for me a lot of it is i felt this was going wrong in practice i felt this was like off and i didn't know if like i was right or not because a lot of people would just ignore it so it was more like having somebody like was like just checking off what i was saying it was like yeah like this is accurate just focus on this instead or like if you're having an issue like with this certain like skill or certain thing that you're doing, like passing, like just kicking the ball further down the field. I was like, for me, like goal kicks, it's just like all mental. Like I block myself and like, she would try and help me go through a process just to think like, what should I be thinking when I was going to do this? So it is like having basically having a friend who you can go to and like talk about like all your problems what's stressing you out but at the end of the day the feedback she gives you not only helps like the team stay cohesive and for you to try and release all the stress you can it's also like practical skills and practical stuff like on the field which she is helping you with so it is and we were lucky enough that when the pandemic hit she was supposed to leave and then she just like managed to stay one more semester with us so it has been good as well because that has managed to keep the team like a little bit more together in a way because she like has she had workshops with us like she worked one-on-one so it was always like if there's any problem you could bring it up to her and then she would discuss it either with us or with coach so it was basically having not only somebody who you could talk to and like like a normal psychologist to a certain extent but somebody who also understood the sport and understood how the team works and if you needed anything, you can go and talk to her and then it could be like a connection with the coaches or with another player and stuff like that. So it was not only for me, was it like extremely beneficial, but for the team as well. And Tucker, I wanted to ask you something that we can sort of transition cam. Um, Tucker, I know you've now been talking to athletes while they haven't been able to play games. And now you're starting to talk to them as they realize that they're going to have their season so what what has that been like hearing from the athletes when they were in the dark versus now that they have heard the news about the spring season in terms of mental health i haven't talked to as many athletes now than i did before they knew it was going to happen but uh for the softball team all the people i talked the two people i talked to both of them basically were ecstatic i know one of them, who's Miranda, she's a junior. She lives with a bunch of other softball players. And she basically told me that all of them were up and screaming when they heard the news right away because it was such a, just a joyous time for them. And I was also talking to the um, uh, to their, one of their seniors, uh, Neely Edelson. And for her, she basically was telling me about, like, sort of talking about the anxiety that was coming with not knowing. And especially since, I mean, there was this delay for a few days, like, there wasn't the exact time they'd know when they'd be able to play. So sort of just when she heard that, uh, she got super excited. I mean, I think because she basically was like to me, she's like, she's just happy she has the ability to play one more game because watching her uh, the, the seniors on her team last year really affected her. And 
And so for her to have this ability to at least have one more game, get some closure, I think is really the best, um, the most important thing she got out of it. And I think now, like, sort of what I was talking about earlier this with um, Tepper and um, Wellinger, uh, she now wants to be able to just instill sort of the passion. I mean, she described it as like sort of just the Emerson softball spirit and how she wants to instill it into the young, so the younger, her younger teammates. So, I mean, I think like that's the great part is now like, especially for seniors, there's this closure aspect you're going to get now. And I think, I mean, and even again, just for a junior, sophomore, freshman, I think just the opportunity to get back. Like, I mean, I'm assuming if you're playing in college, it's because you love the sport especially for D3, because, I mean, you're not going to get any scholarship. You're doing this because you give a damn. I mean, this is, this is like, you came not just for the education, but, I mean, just to give your heart out for a lot of people one last time. And I think for everybody just to have that ability to not go out there again and do what they love, I think you can just hear it in their voices right away. Like, there's just a different tone now, I feel like, for the entire, for most of the athletic community, because they now just get to go back and there's some normality for the first time in a while. And I think... I think that's going to play a big role again. I think it's going to play a big role with everybody going forward, just this happiness and positive vibe going on. That This is very hard-hitting stuff, and I really appreciate, again, you guys joining and talking about these pieces, and Jose, especially your personal experience with this, and we really appreciate you guys both on. But now we can shift towards more lighthearted stuff. It is now time for the Lucas Lightning Lab, and you guys are going to be exposed to five questions don't worry, you didn't have to study or anything or didn't have to prepare anything for this. But, Lucas, it is your segment, so I'll let you take it away, my friend. All right. I am – well, first of all, thank you for having that discussion. I could keep going, honestly. Um, but for the sake of time, let's do some fun questions. Let's, let's, let's just have a little fun here to ease our way out of, this, uh, out of this episode. So five questions. We can discuss. We can have a good time. Uh, take as much time as you want to think about them before you answer. But question number one – is if you could choose a walk-up or an entrance song what would the song be whoever wants to go first can just go for it uh the issue is they actually like that's one of the questions the sports psychologist asked us once and i had the answer and i already lost the song i'm right now on my spotify trying to find it and i mean it's kind of a problem saying that that would be my walkout song but these are the hardest questions so far. I don't know. These are the hardest ones so far. I don't know what to say. I mean, it's only the first question, Tucker. It's the first. I know. I'm screwed. I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know where the hell I'm going from here. It only gets easier from here, I promise. Maybe, Cam, we can incorporate the songs into the uh, the the Spotify playlist for the radio for the radio show. What genre would it be? Maybe that would be an easier question. What genre of music would it be? I mean, for that, for me, that's easy. Just like rock it has to be that yeah so for a walkout yeah no i mean okay they're great but i mean one time i watched a boxing fight and somebody walked out with like a sweet caroline it was dreadful um they probably lost the fight to be fair he lost in like three rounds so that's how bad it was (laughs) i would come out to some sort of classical music or some sort of Something like that. Just throw off, throw off the opponent. They're probably gonna want to beat you up more than I mean. Like this guy, this guy doesn't think I'm anything. You're just gonna go out there, just like dancing along to a little classical music. Like you wouldn't walk out to any Spanish music, Tucker. No, I would walk out to some Spanish music. Don't get me wrong, but because I growing up, 
it was all baseball for me. So, I mean, this one is very cheesy, but I want to get some Here Comes the Boom by Nelly because, I mean, when you go up there, all you want to do is hit some bombs. So, I mean, you got to have that confidence going into it. I like it. I like it. It's classic. Oldie but goodie. You got one, Jose? You find it? So I couldn't find the one I was talking about. I found this one. Uh, Sing to Me by Missio. It is, for a walkout song, it is outstanding. Um, it is, but I was going to say, uh, Bayern's, like, whenever they score a goal, they have Chan Chan, or however it's pronounced, uh, in as their background music now, and it is ridiculous. It is, like, you can score a winner the last second, and it's just, it looks like you're watching, like, a meme. That's what it looks like. It doesn't seem, like, real. How how is it with the fans? Because yeah. like I've only watched because I've just gotten into soccer this semester because because my sweetmates love soccer like Ethan and Sam and those guys and Brendan. So I'm wondering like what does it sound like with fans? Is it like is it is it like as ridiculous as it sounds? It is ridiculous because we used to have like they played so uh, seven Lucas. nation I could army, so see Lucas doing that, which was the type of guy to be incredible to see. But now, any luck, Jose? The thing is, they blare it, so no matter what the fans do, like it's not gonna, they're not gonna overpower the sound. So they just blast that, and and they've done it with fans. It's just it's ridiculous. But I mean, they're the best team in the world right now. So that, if that works, it works. Yeah, I mean, whatever works works, you know. All right, guys, that's great. Great stuff. All right, we're going on to number two. Yeah, we got question number two, which is, what is, okay, it doesn't have to be necessarily your favorite, but what is a scent, a scent that you guys just love? Like, I just love the smell of. I'll go first. I have a, I have a weird obsession with the smell of gasoline. Oh, I, I knew you were going with this one. I, I, I have a weird thing with gasoline, man. It just smells really, my garage smells like it all the time. And I just literally like, oh. It just hits. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe you're a mechanic in your other life. Maybe, maybe. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know jack squat about cars though. That's the only issue. My other <laughs> self would have some really tough times. Tucker. Yes. I mean, first off, I gotta say, gasoline. That ain't weird at all. I love the smell of it. Growing up, my grandparents have a place in Canada. And basically the garage or shed smells like gasoline 24-7. I don't know why. But whenever I go in there, like, it's basically like aroma heaven for me. Oh, that's amazing. But I would say for me, my favorite scent has to be pine because my mom growing up, this is all thanks to her. She is a Christmas fanatic, to put it simply. She's a huge Christmas lover. So even no matter what time of year it is, we always have some pine tree scented candles in. And I think... I mean, and so just for me, there's just this nostalgia to it. And I, you can't go wrong with it. I think it's a classic. It's a Christmas classic. I also think it depends on the season that you're in. Because like if I'm going, in, if I'm going in with fall, I'm going to go with maple to make to give that fall vibe. You know what I mean? Like I just think it depends on the season. Summer, you go for the beach ocean waves. Like winter, you go for I'm not really sure. Like um. Like pine, pine like that, pine for winter and stuff like that. But Jose, you got one? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm just going to have to disagree. When I was little, I had to roll up the um, windows when I was in the car when they were, like, pumping gas because gasoline is just, no. <laughs> no, really? You're not a big guy? Dang it. Oh, you know, that's all right. I will say, weirdly, I don't hate the smell of turf, but I feel that's just because uh, that's where I play, even though it is probably disgusting. But... Uh yeah, uh cedar, just like the smell of like cedar trees are I that's that's incredible. 
Oh, yeah. Can't go wrong with any tree scent, honestly. Can't go wrong. Lucas, you haven't you haven't chimed in yet. I want to hear yours. I mean, I kind of miss the smell of the ballpark. Like, the popcorn, the peanuts, the beer. Just, like, I, I, I kind of miss that. Yeah, you know, the Fenway Franks that cost you five bucks for a little hot dog. 35 bucks, more <laughs> like it. My God, I go broke. But anyways... We're not, that's another question for another time, but number three, Lucas, number three. Yes, let's move on. So what would be your dream job? No strings attached anywhere in the world. Money is not an issue. What would be your dream job? I thought you said it got easier from there. That's a tough one. I told you we were having tough questions today. That's a tough question. I don't even know the answer to this one for me. So this is such a hard question. I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like. I'm a sophomore, so like I, I like I should I shouldn't be worried like focused about that right now. But my dream job probably would have to be working with NHL Network, probably some some form of capacity because I feel like hockey um, is not really if it's if it's considered a top four sport, it's definitely number four because baseball, basketball, and football get like more widely known recognition and then they bring in more revenue. But hockey is a really fun sport to watch for me, and I'm a big fan of it. Big fan of hockey, so maybe NHL Network in New York would be pretty nice. I feel like it just on air or putting together graphics for them or something like that, something along those lines. So anything to do with like NHL Network, I would imagine, would be my dream job. I'd pay for the NHL Network if, if you were on their cam. Well, the NHL Network is free with cable, I think. Oh, it's free? Oh, hey, my charter package, i got to find that. What do you think, Tucker? Or Jose, if you had one. Cam, I'm going to steal your answer here and say I have no idea because... I've always wanted to do something in the sports world, specifically baseball, because sort of what you were talking about earlier, the reason I got into sports communication was sports was such a healing factor for me throughout my life and really was an escape for me because, I mean, for two and a half hours to three hours, a few times a week, I got to go play baseball and just go out there and have a hell of a time. It's a bunch of fun. For me, that's what I loved. So I would love to get something MLB Network related. But if not that, I also love teaching English because I think English is the for me was the one class growing up where I could actually express like how I felt, like what I thought. Because for me, no offense to anybody who's a STEM major, I love I STEM. It's very important. Don't get me wrong. Just for me, I like I like more than just one answer. I'm just that's just my only thing. I like more than one answer. If I'm being real. And so those would be sort of like the two areas I'd want to explore then, I guess, for my job. Very diverse, too. Not just go from English teacher to working for MLB Network. I love it. Jose, you got you got something for us? Yeah, I mean, the easy, like, <laughs> the very easy answer is if I could play professionally, like, anywhere. Honestly, anywhere at this point. Like, I'd take that in a, like... Jose Rios. Starting goaltender for Bayern Munich. I mean, that would be amazing. But at this point, the guy we have, he's going to be playing for years. And he's the best in the world. So I don't see that happening. But hey, if it happens, I mean, that's obviously like the first thing. Uh, obviously, if I could do anything related, just being like either in journalism or, you know, even if it's like managing, like coaching or in the like in the actual management of the not necessarily just fine, but any club in the world, that would be fantastic. On TV, like reporting for them, I don't care if it has to do with soccer or football. 
I I'm there. Like that's that's the dream come true. Beautiful, Lucas. We haven't heard from you yet, kid. So I've got three things that are just like way different from each other. So um, oh, and this isn't necessarily like dream job because these have nothing to do with the career path that I'm on. <laughs> these are just like a job that I would take in a different in a different life. Lucas is one of them a chef. No, but I thought about that, and that would be really cool. But the go to culinary school. I know that that would actually because I'm I'm no chef. I'm no chef at all. But the three things that I was thinking was one is and the closest one to like what I'm doing is PA announcing. That would be really cool. I'd love to do to get into that. Um, you know what? Whenever I see like you know Cam the double bass, like they play in like the in like the jazz bands, like you see the guy like plucking the the double bass. I feel I feel like if I like trained at a young age and like did that, I would I would love being like in the forties or fifties and just like being in a big band with a with a double bass. That's really weird. And then the other thing is a barber. Got to be got to be barber. Barber Lou, I could see it. Yeah, <laughs> Lou's barber shop. I mean that that's just that's I mean that was made to happen, bro. <laughs> what do you think, Kev? I already gave my answer. I was the first one to go. No, no, no. I, I was just wondering if you'd be a, cl- a client of mine. Oh, of course it'd be a client of yours. I mean, if, of course, I mean, you have to give good haircuts and you have to be, you have to give me a fem- uh, fr- friendly discount, but you know, other than I'd give everyone here the Emerson, the Emerson discount, Jose and Tucker, you guys get, can get the Emerson discount. Um, let's keep it going. We got a uh, question number four. If you were competing in the Olympics, which sport would you be a part of? And Jose, I'm not going to let you say soccer, so you're going to have to choose another sport. <laughs> Winter or summer, it doesn't matter. Either one. I feel like bobsledding would be really cool. Oh, dude, get me on a bob... Get us get us four, us four on a four-person bobsled. Let's do it. Let's do it. Why not? Four-person bobsled in the Olympics? I'm down. Let's do it. I was going to say, if you were talking about, like, we have to choose one for winter and one for summer. My winter one's bobsledding. My winter one's bobsledding, no doubt. Uh, but yeah, the other one, not you're not gonna let me choose soccer. Okay, so it's between uh like archery or boxing, because I used to do both before, but I yeah, I had a like an instructor like when I was back home in Mexico, he. You went to a few tournaments, yeah. That's so cool. I the, the closest thing I've gotten to archery is like Wii Sports Resort, but that's like the like the, the nunchucks and the remote. That's the closest thing I've gotten to archery ever. But that's so cool how you had a teacher. Yeah, I know. I still have my bow back home. I can't. There's actually no reason for me to bring it all the way to Boston. And I think if I have bow and arrows inside my room, whenever my RA would came in, come in to check, they'd be slightly worried. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm honestly out of those two. Boxing is the one I've like kept on with the most. So I think that would be that would be my choice for summer. But bobsledding still number one, no doubt. I need to I need to get me some bobsledding. Are you into boxing, Jose? Like like watching boxing? Yeah, I. Do you have a favorite boxer? Oh uh, yeah, Canelo, the single best boxer in the world right now. Um, but. He just won. He just knocked somebody else out. I forget the name. Exactly. Uh, I saw the name, and I w- didn't know how to pronounce it, so I kind of forgot. But still, I I have my friends. That's actually the fight I went to see when the guy w- walked in with Sweet Caroline. That's, he was boxing Canelo, and he just 
got absolutely destroyed in three rounds. That's your first mistake walking into Sweet Caroline. Boxing Canelo, another mistake. Don't do that. It gets worse every, like, the more you know about the fight. It's just getting worse for the guy. Oh, oh my God. Oh, no. Tucker, what it, Olympic sports. Let's see. Look, come on, bro. You got to have something good. I know you do. So, I mean, my easy answer would be cheating and saying just bring back baseball because, I mean, I would love just to see. I mean, they have a, uh, they have like a, sort of a world cup for baseball but i mean no one knows about it no one watches it so we gotta bring it back to the spotlight but if i can't pick that i would do a white uh whitewater river rafting because just growing up and just seeing the rapids i thought was just so dope just seeing all these people who would just go down there like even if they got turned over they just get right back up keep going the fact that they're able to maneuver that i always thought was so cool so for me like i just I'd love just to be able to go try it once, just get up the courage to, but just watching them. And if I was, let's say if I was able to do it, that'd be pretty awesome, I think. That's very good. Very good answers. I like it. Also, for reference, for everyone who's listening out there, Tucker has an absolute cannon of an arm. So if he could be, if you could, Tucker, would you be a, would you be a position player or a pitcher, man? Because you would throw absolute heat out of that right, right arm. So I'm wondering if you would be a pitcher or a position player. I mean, for me, I, played third and pitcher growing up so i think i would go pitcher because the fact that i'm able to control the game so much but just the fact that i'm able to sort of control what's happening i'm always in there in the moment and i think i think just when you're able like let's say for a curveball when you're able to get the right snap on the ball and you just see that thing descend for a strikeout i mean one of the best feelings in sports it's it's, it's poetry it's art it's art it is oh it's beautiful i totally agree all right, we got the final question. Yes, final question. We've got, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you want to live? Oh, my God. Oh, God. Worcester, Massachusetts, Cam. I already have my answer. The heart of the Commonwealth. My mom always told me I'd be, like, out of the four children, I would be the one to, to buy a house back in the home of Wakefield, Massachusetts. But love my mom, but I probably would have to go. I probably would love to live in Italy. I feel like, like, the just the architecture there and just the food is really nice and i just feel like i would just grow really old and fat in italy because i just eat so much food but i also walk everywhere so i've just burned it off but i've been to italy before and it's it's phenomenal i, I love italy so i probably choose that tucker would yours be canada that is my safe answer, yes, because, I mean, no matter what you hear about it, the place is just bomb, okay? No, I've been to Quebec. I've been to Quebec, Canada. It's it was, it's a great it's a great place to... Everyone walks there, too. It's amazing. Like, everyone's, like, so fit, and everyone's, like, walking around. It's pretty great. For me, I love Toronto. I loved going there growing up. I mean, if I were to go anywhere in Canada, I think it would be Toronto. Have you been to Vancouver? I have not been West Coast, unfortunately. I want to. But that's that's a lot of effort. That that's another time when when I actually have a job that'll give me some money. That'll be nice. I mean, I I mean the sim the quick option obviously you know just Munich so I can watch Bayern play every every day. Um, no, but I think yeah. When you said in Italy, I think living in Rome would be a completely different thing. I've talked to you know I've talked to my parents about it. I've talked to my friends. We went there when I was uh, studying abroad. Uh, last, last, yeah, full year ago, and just when we woke up, just you know, seeing the entire city, it's 
it's completely it's a whole different thing that would be like that would be a dream come true everything about italy is just great but talk do you have an answer for us we'll keep it there just for the heck of it but i think if i want to pick anywhere i would love to live in japan for a few years because i know when i was growing up like my dream like a way like abroad program would have been interning at a at a team for the uh, Japanese league for baseball because I just I love everything they do about it because they just have so much fun and growing up a Yankees fan I love the Yankees but we are the most boring team in the league and it stinks sometimes so and I think Japan they, they just like whenever I watch it I just see there's so much joy there so I'd love to just get that experience and I think and I think again just growing up in this area I think it would just be a whole new experience for me and I think that's something I at least want to I just want to I want to have a brand new experience like that. You know, I don't want to like, I guess, be here the entire time, like maybe come back to this area, but I'd love just to go somewhere new at the very least and just get to like understand a whole new culture, a whole new experience. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Lucas, you got an answer or are you sticking with uh, Western Mass? Um, you know what? All indications lead to just me coming back to Massachusetts. Uh, but I, you know, Cam, we... What about Puerto Rico? What about Puerto Rico? You wouldn't want to live there? Well, Puerto Rico is a great vacation spot. You know, in the last episode with Ethan, we talked about, like, southern fast food chains. Like, I'm a southern person, like, at heart, I feel like. I like country music. I like the warmth of the south. I love southern food. Like, I could probably live a few years in the south. Um, stick me in, stick me in, uh, Macon, Georgia. Macon, Georgia. Cam, put me in Mike in Georgia for, for a couple of years, would you? Oh, my God. I mean, if you could have all all you, the cookout you want. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Ooh. That'd be great. <laughs> that'd be amazing. I'd be the only person in the South driving a Hyundai Ionic electric car. Oh, my God. That's great. That's awesome. But um, that is all the time we have for this episode. Unfortunately, we could be talking about this stuff. That was the Lucas Lightning Lap. We could have had way more questions, and that was great. That, that was just an awesome segment, guys. And we really appreciate, once again, Jose and Tucker taking their time out of their Sunday night and joining us here on this podcast. You can check us out on Spotify. You can check us out on Instagram and keep up all the date or keep up to date with all the stuff going on with Jose's features and Tucker's write and Tucker's writing as well. And you can follow that on nsportsmagazine.com. And guys, thanks again for joining us. That's all the time we have. So we're going to say sign to both of you and sign to our listeners.